Good morning and welcome to Car Thoughts with David. I am your host as always, David Cowart, and thank you guys so, so much for taking time out of your day and listening to what this guy has to say. It means so much, guys. It really, really does. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There are so many valuable lessons that can be learned from storytelling. You know, there's so many great, valuable nuggets of wisdom uh, that can be gleaned from really any movie franchise or any television show or um, you know, book or whatever the case may be, you know, it, it, it may not always be extremely obvious, um, and it may not be like one of those things where you're like, okay, yeah, that makes total sense, and you may not even expect it to have a deeper learning um, capability for you. You know, there's really no telling, but there are nuggets of wisdom that can be gleaned from everything because everybody's telling a story, right? So there may be something in that story that actually applies to you. One of my favorite stories for philosophy, actually, is the Matrix trilogy. And I know not a lot of people were huge fans of the second and third movies. Um, I was not either. Um, I wish that the Wachowskis would have just paid the uh, lady that wrote the script for the series and been able to use all of the same stuff and keep going and still try to write their own thing. Um, because quite simply, I think it would have been better, but there was still a lot of great philosophical lessons, you know, to be learned and a lot of great sayings and things like that. Um, you know, like when the Oracle said, we're all here to do what we're all here to do, which was actually in the second movie, um, right before the uh, brawly battle scene on the Agent Smiths, which was a technological wonder at its time. Of course, now going back and watching it, uh, even in 4K, uh, which I just recently watched it in 4K, um, you know, it obviously looks a little bit dated, but at the same time, you know, hey, it's a movie from, like, early 2000s, you know, very early 2000s. It looks pretty darn incredible when you take that into account. I mean, The Matrix was by far one of the most visually stunning movies of its time. And when you think about it, when I went to see The Matrix in the theaters, Titanic was still playing. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, it was still in theaters. Uh, though Titanic came out in 1996 and The Matrix came out in 1999, there were still theaters showing Titanic. You know, if you want to look at it, if you're more into uh, guy movies... Pierce Brosnan had just recently been making his debut as the new James Bond in uh, GoldenEye in 96, and then, um, you know, uh, was it The World Is Not Enough? And, uh, yeah, so, you know, you have these old films that were, you know, you look back at them, you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's interesting. And then, uh, you know, The Matrix was just so far head and shoulders above above all of that at that time, that it was just really, really cool to see, you know, something like that that was just light years ahead of its time. And then, of course, the story at the same time was also very advanced. It was, um, you know, the idea of us being plugged into machines and, and being a power source for machines, um, you know, very Terminator-esque, except for the Terminators just wanted to get rid of us because, obviously, they struck before we had the chance to really mount a defense, like causing 
intense cloud cover to shut down their solar. You know, so it was a little bit more advanced. Um, and, uh, you know, but there were still a lot of great lessons. Like, know thyself. You know, there is no spoon. You know, a lot of people look at that and they see the, the, the spoon bending and all of that. And it's true in life. It's not just an... You know, it's not just this idea of being able to bend a spoon with your mind. It's the idea of being able to tell your mind that something is what it isn't and to create a reality in which you're not where you're in control of your reality. And by him using his mind, by Neo using his mind to bend the spoon, it really can be said that at the same time, we can use our minds to overcome things and to grow past things. You know, my mind was holding me back saying, hey, I can't run a podcast. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I can't write a book. I'm not an author. I'm not a writer. I'm not a this. I'm not a that. Our minds are very powerful weapons. Our minds, in a lot of ways, contribute to sickness. You know, because we hold ourselves in this prison of thinking that we have something a lot of times it's mental. Like, for instance, my whole thing with, uh, um, you know, having, uh, you know, ARFID, you know, this eating disorder, it's a mental thing. I mean, granted, now, after all these years, there are probably some physical aspects that I would have to overcome as well, just because my body's not used to those types of food. But at the end of the day, it's mental. And it's something I struggle with, whether I should or should not overcome. Uh, just simply because of my health. I look at it as my health is actually really good. Yes, I need to hit the gym or, or hop on a bike more often and, and keep my weight a little bit better in check. But at the same time, um, you know, when I go to a doctor, he's like, yeah, you're healthy. You know, all your levels are where they need to be. All this is this. You know, it's a little bit low. It's a little bit high, but you're still within the green zone. You're just a little bit closer than I'd like you to be towards the, you know, when you get those little, like, you know, uh, meters where, you know, it's like telling you, you know, they give you, like, a little thing where center zero is perfect and, you know, you're either low or you're high. Um, I'm always within that green zone on everything. And I look at it from the psychological standpoint, it's hard for me to overcome that because from the psychological standpoint, I've got a doctor telling me that I am healthy, fit as a fiddle, nothing wrong with me, I just, you know, I'm okay, and then I throw an atom bomb in his lap and say, guess what, you know, for the last 30 plus years, I've eaten nothing but pizza, french fries, and other foods that are considered junk food, and food that nobody should eat, um, and you guys, you know, tell people this is bad for you, and they should be eating it, and I've done this every day for 30 plus years, and... I am a picture of health, and their jaw hits the floor so hard that it threatens to break the very concrete underneath it, <laughs> and then I smile, and they're like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, here's my cell phone. Any number, call any number at all. You don't have to be picky. You call any of these numbers. It's a person, not a business, of course, but to call any of these people, they can vouch for that. You know, and they're just like, wait, what? <laughs> you're you're not kidding. And I'm like, nope, not kidding at all. And, you know, I find that really, really uh, fun, too. 
but at the same time, like I said, if I'm healthy, why, you know, why jinx that, you know? So that's where I struggle psychologically from that aspect because I'm wondering, should I really do it? Could this mess up my health? You know, I look at it from the aspect of I've had a lot of relatives that were smokers, and the second they quit smoking, they put on tons of weight. Their health fell through the floor. You know, they passed away, you know, not too long after. I mean, I've had a couple of relatives that they didn't and are still alive, but a lot of my relatives that gave up smoking had serious health issues after they did that. And so from a psychological standpoint, you know, that kind of scares me a little bit, you know, thinking of, wow, you know, if I if I do this, will I suffer health issues all of a sudden because I'm eating food that, quote, unquote, because you can't see the air quotes I just did, normal people eat. And um, so, yeah, it's a tad intimidating and makes you wonder, makes you think, right? So, so yeah, and that's one thing that when I saw the Matrix movies for the first time, I didn't just see these entertaining blockbusters. I saw the psychological and the metaphysical and the philosophical aspects as well. And I adopted a lot of that culture and that thinking into my own life. And because it was stuff that I needed to learn at that time, I needed to grow at that time. And as a result, it changed me on a fundamental level because it's a story. We all have stories to tell. We all have lessons to learn from each other. We are all humans living on this earth together as one people, as one group, as one race, as uh, John Gora of One Nation Radio would say, we are all the human race. You know, and actually one of my sayings is, you know, one people, one nation, one race, the human race. You know, that's one of the things that I've actually adopted as well, and I think that's why I really resonate with what John talks about, because that's my belief as well, is that, you know, we're all human. At the end of the day, we're all born, we all live for a certain number of years, we all die, we all return to the same ground that we came from. You know, it's a cycle. Every single person on this earth is, uh, you know, part of that cycle. And we're all here together, so let's go ahead and work together towards a better life, a better world, a better home, a better existence, a higher plane of existence, right? So, so yeah. So next time you watch a movie, you, know, you don't necessarily have to take a notepad, but just make a mental note of something that you learned, a lesson that you learned, a a skill, an idea, a thought, a phrase, something that you really enjoyed. See, a lot of people online put quotes from famous people online, but I also put quotes from some of my favorite movies, some of the greatest lines uh, from movies that I really love. And actually, on uh, tomorrow or, you know, or, and today, tomorrow and today, <laughs> I don't know why I always say that, but I plan on actually going ahead and um, putting some... Uh, some quotes from the Matrix out there on my social media as well to, uh, you know, to exemplify some of the great lessons that I've learned from those movies and that were taught by the characters uh, that were, you know, bringing the story to life. 
um, in a more real way than just an audible narration like what we would have had seen around the campfire, you know, in ancient times, you know, sharing tales of, um, you know, ghost stories and things like that back in the day. So with that being said, guys, thank you guys so much for always for listening, for taking time out of your day, for for being a part of the show, you can always check me out and find out more about what I'm doing on my website, which is creativecalvert.com. And you can shoot me an email, um, you know, or shoot me a message. You can, uh, there's an application space now for, uh, for coming on the show as a guest. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things I'm working on. You can find all of my books there, links to them. So by all means, you know, definitely reach out. I'm always happy to talk to new people and to learn more about your stories and to, to share those stories. And, um, you know, I'm just really, really looking forward to seeing how all of this grows and changes, you know, over the, over the months, days, weeks, years to come. So with that being said, guys, as always, Car Thoughts out. Hey, everybody. David here. Do you guys like science fiction? If so, I just released a novel. It's called Hurtling Toward a Home, A Story of Hope. It's set many hundreds of years in the future when Earth just couldn't support us anymore. We thought we had more time. We didn't take it seriously. We didn't listen to what was being said. And now we have to suddenly build ships and figure out a place to go, but where? So we decide to just go everywhere, to just send ships off in every direction that any scientist has ever said could potentially support human life. To give us the best chance of survival, we're going to try every planet. So we built ships and loaded supplies and robots on them and shipped them ahead to try and prepare and test the planets uh, to make sure that they were suitable as we were building our fleet to leave for our great exodus from Earth. This particular story follows one ship, the Hope, and one young man, Jonathan, as he's always dreamed of living this life of adventure from what he's seen from old Earth movies and read in novels. And he longs for that type of of an adventure. He longs to set foot on a planet. And yet, he is not. But... After his 16th birthday, he gets sent off on a secret mission and an adventure that he never thought he would ever be able to live. I am so excited to share this journey with you guys, and I thank you guys for checking it out. Again, Hurtling Towards a Home, A Story of Hope by David Calvert.